Hello and welcome to the Pete Barter Podcast, where you will join Pete in interviewing top-level thought leaders in education, music, and business, as well as a sneak peek into Pete's thoughts and challenges. This episode is all about... We're going to dig back into the archives and have a listen to some of the amazing interviews that I've done with some extraordinary artists and business people and coaches and mentors that I've had the absolute privilege and honor to associate with and to interview and to ask questions. Make sure you let me know who you want me to interview. I'll track them down and I'll ask the questions. Whatever you are doing right now, keep on doing it and enjoy this episode of the Pete Barter Podcast. Hey guys, it's Pete here, and I'm here with Andy. Hey guys, Andy, crafty beer. Don't leave me hanging. Oh, that was about I, three seconds worth of hanging. Thought it was a gesture. I'm with Andy. <laughs> oh wait, that's a handshake. <laughs> so um, uh, I'm really excited to be able to do this chat with, with Andy. Um, Andy came to me a little while ago and said, "Hey, I'll do something that I think would be interested. You'd be interested and benefit me." I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's have a chat. And I was extremely refreshed to know that someone is young. And, and as skilled yeah. <laughs> as this guy has come up with an idea, and it, uh, it is it's actually it's really good to know that you know. Can I say how old you are? Yes, you can. Oh, so he's, he's eighteen. He's <laughs> 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 twenty-two, right? Yeah, twenty-three and about two weeks. So, so yeah. okay, so he's twenty-two. He's lying already. <laughs> so I um, I've been doing this teaching business thing for a long, long time, and. Uh, running businesses, buying and selling businesses, and as some of you probably know from, from past videos. But when you chat to someone who's 23 years old and they tell, they're telling you they're reading the same books and know the same guys, I was into that stuff when I was 23 as well and younger, but not many people involved in the music industry are following that. Mm, that's actually, yeah, that's a really that's, good point. That's, yeah. that's the catch, and that's yeah. why we're talking now, is because, you know, it's not just, you know, I. I you run a business and you need to know stuff about accounting, you need to know stuff about um, socialising and, and development of self-development as well as industry development. But you're doing it for the music industry, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, just making a start, but definitely um, trying to incorporate the, all the you know, teachings of guys like Seth Godin and Boris Tim Ferriss, all the yeah. you know, heavyweights of uh, yeah. entrepreneurial. I know. And you know, I, I, we watched the Ty Lopez thing this morning and I've talked about him in other videos, and I share it to you. I share it to you. I share it on Facebook. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, it's, it's about sharing knowledge, and you know, and uh, I think sharing the right knowledge with the right people creates the best teams that you can possibly get. You can share the right knowledge with the wrong person; they probably ruin it. You share the <laughs> wrong thing with the right person, and they can ruin it. But just getting that mix right, and you know, I'm happy to happy to share the things that I've learned with someone like Andy, and because because he's giving it the best that he can do, doing the best that he can do with uh, an amazing platform called Crafty Muso, which is a, a, a blog site. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so um, craftymuso.com is a, a blog where I do a lot of podcasts, um, similar to this kind of thing. Uh, it's kind of interesting to be on the other side of it, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I interview different people from record labels to songwriters to um, you know PR marketers, yeah. that kind of thing, just to get a kind of a, it's got a DIY perspective to it, you know, you want to, um, my plan is to just uh, empower various musicians uh, and show them that you can actually, you know, make your own website, you can do your own video and the, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of money to do these things, 
but you've got to do them to a degree where people will take it seriously for what you're yeah. doing. So that's just, yeah, perfect yeah. example. You know, I was speaking to a a guy the other day, not a musician and such, but an actor, and he's putting a show together for the Fringe, and he showed me his poster that he's designed, ready to go to print. And the guy's going to print like a thousand of these things. He was going to spend so much money on printing, and the design of the poster was sh- it was <laughs> bullshit. It was my god, what? Like what? how much did he spend on the poster relative to? Well, he did the poster himself. Well, that's the problem with the poster. And he said he had a quote of six hundred or nine hundred dollars to design a poster. I'm like, dude, don't, nah, give it to me. <laughs> you know, each our image has a. We, we have a division that takes care of images and websites, yeah. uh, CD inserts and posters and stuff like that. So we're able to do that for him at like a hundred bucks mm. and get him a discount on the printing because we own part of a printing press as well. So it just just having that conversation with someone to say hey man how much did you spend asking a question yeah how much did you spend okay. and if you've got a way to help them with spending less you've effectively made made more money for them mm-hmm. and then you've given them your business as well so it's a even if it was like you know yeah you can get that done cheaper go there mm-hmm. Definitely. and then it's up to them to go there and if yeah. they don't believe you they don't save money yeah and if you've saved them money then they're more willing to trust you for something else and yeah it's just and how it's you got to be yeah. right it's, it's all about creating a better we are and if you're watching this you potentially are as well but we are representing the music industry and the music industry has copped on so much bullshit over oh I, I can't make any money I'm the poor little musician that poor little musician probably has another job somewhere else that doesn't actually need to make money out of music as soon as you quit your other job, I guarantee you'll start making more money. <laughs> or you will starve, or you'll be on the street. Yeah, you, yeah, you have to, right? You'll find ways. But I'll tell you now, and you'll agree with me here, there's not many people that know how to. Definitely. They're definitely. creative. Yeah. They write beautiful songs, and they're amazing musicians. Ask for an invoice. <laughs> Ask for a, a business card, a website. I'm like, don't, don't have one. And I had a conversation with someone the other day, perhaps this person is watching as well now, and uh, I, I said, so how do you make your money? He goes, oh, I make my money from my music. I didn't know he was a musician at this time. He just sort of, how, what do you do for a craft? How do you make your money? I make my money from my music. I went, mm, that's interesting. You don't actually make money as a musician. He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> Even not knowing that, that I'm a musician, and, well, a drummer. No, not a musician. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, well, what do you mean you don't make money as a musician? You can make money as a musician. You make good money as a musician. I'm like, but okay, so is it the music that makes the money or is it the business behind the music that makes the money? And to, to, to clarify that, as soon as you write this beautiful song, or once you write this beautiful song and you want to share that song, whether you're sharing it for free or sharing it for money, you want people to hear it. You take your music hat off, throw it over there, you're not needing that for a while, you put a business hat on, hopefully it's a good one, and in that hat, it has marketing, it has invoicing, it has strategic partnerships, yeah, networking. It has yeah. networking. It has all these things, so you can share your music. Uh, booking a gig, making sure your musicians are paid, making sure you've got a uh, an artist. Um, sorry, a um, uh, if you're doing covers, you know, know about royalties, know about APRA. And it, would it would it be fair to say that most musicians aren't very good at creating business? Yeah, definitely. Generally like, speaking. Um, gen- generally speaking, um, yeah, guaranteed. Yeah. It's such a you know it's a big world out there, and if you if you grow up um, thinking that I'm just going to be a musician, I'm going to travel the world, you better hook up with a pretty savvy band, and hopefully you know you're not getting ripped off when you're getting paid. 
that's the other flip side, yeah, you know, being more informed about the music business makes it less, uh, you know, it makes it harder for people to take advantage of you. Informed, um, yeah. that's the word, man. Mm. If you're informed about the environment that you're in, if you're a musician and you're in the music industry, the industry is huge. Um, the film industry is huge. It's no different. And I don't know about you, man, but when I watch a movie, I watch the credits. And that goes for sometimes as long as a movie. Yeah. And you count how many people are involved in that. And they've got like so oh, many different yeah. people yeah. to put a half hour video together. Mm-hmm. Half hour, an hour movie, sorry. So it's, it's a, the, the music world is a big, big world. It's not scary. Uh, I've actually, I want to I try this one day. I want to find an artist or a person. And I'm kind of letting the cat out of the bag here, so it's not going to work now. <laughs> but I want to I want to grab someone who has no music ability whatsoever, mm-hmm. put a gig poster together, put a hat on them, get a crowdfunding thing going, and get so much money coming in for this person that cannot sing or play a note, <laughs> just as a as a as a person. Yeah. Like here, create an image around someone that has no skill. Mm-hmm. Create an income around someone that has no skill. So that's the flip side. You might be good at what you do as a musician, but don't have the business acumen. Or you might be really good at the business, or not be good as a musician. Yeah. And it's important to have a good, good sense of both. And you hear a lot of musicians that aren't good at the business side complaining about people who are really good at the business side and not so good at the music side, and they're the ones that. Good for help. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and you know the fact of it is that like yeah, the business side is so important, and the, mm. of course you've got to be skilled as a musician, so, but yeah. it it, all, it does come down to marketing a lot as well, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And once you're on stage performing your song, you finally get the opportunity to share it again. So you take off your business hat and you put on your music hat. Mm-hmm. But are you just playing music, or are you still marketing? Yeah, well, exactly. Are you right. still sharing? You're mm-hmm. selling a song. You're selling a story. You know. And, and if you want to play bigger gigs, if you only ever want to play one gig in your life and call it quits, then that music hat can stay on and be on. But if you think to yourself while you're playing this show. This is great. It's like two people in the room. <laughs> I maybe I want to play for three people one day, or four, or five hundred, or nine hundred, or a thousand, or a million. You take off the music hat. You keep a bit of it on. Maybe you put the business hat over top. I don't know how that works. But, <laughs> but uh, I think it's important. And then, then there's a certain part of me that goes, it's not a popularity contest. You might be the best bass player, might be the best drummer, musician, guitarist, whatever. It's not about popularity. It's about sharing what you know, sharing the skill. Um, and if you want to make money out of that and not work at Coles or not work at some place that you hate to be at because you need to pay for your bills, pay for guitars, pay for lessons, pay for buses that take you to Melbourne from Adelaide mm-hmm. so you can go and play some more. If you can, if you can make money from music, you'll find that you, if you try to, and if you decide to just make money out of music, you'll probably be, become a lot more creative and have some crafty ideas on how to do that. And that information is available at <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, that's what it's there to do, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. What are your two hot topics at the moment? Two hot topics? Um, what are the last two posts or blogs that you've done? The last, two, uh, the last one uh, was something that I quickly put together, which was the 14 things to avoid doing as a musician. Okay. Um, and then I think the one before that was uh, creating an invoice. So um, yeah. there was a, a template. We yeah, we did. Um, yeah, uh, so there's that. But you know, some some really good ones I've had. Uh, probably my favourite ones thus far have been a podcast with Adam Page where we talked about yeah. practice habits and yeah. improvising. 
Yeah, so he he kind of went into detail about how he practices and the fact that you don't need to spend a long time um, playing uh, or practicing. You know, you don't have to spend three hours on end practicing, but just practicing perfectly and spending, investing, you know, ma- making sure that you're mentally focused and you're not, you know, just going and playing stuff that you already know, you know, there's got to be an element. And actually Ben um, Ben Hanlon, right. I did an interview with, he plays uh, in the uh, Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. Cool. So he, and he mentioned the same thing, so it's a, it's yeah. a recurring theme yeah. of um, you've got to play a little bit of stuff, you know, to, you know, to practice. And build uh, build that, yep. but you've got to work on the things that you find difficult. And Ben Hanlon even goes so as far as you know, this doesn't really apply for drums, but any other instrument, pretty much. Um, take it, whatever you're struggling with, and play it through all twelve keys, you know. Right. Um, and play it backwards, play it up and down, you know, okay. whatever. So as, a, as a paradiddle, mm-hmm. you know, you can play it with your hands exactly. inside out. You can do it with right hand, left foot, right left left hand, right foot, and you can. Yeah. You know what you mean. So it just gets you, opens your eyes up a little bit. Exactly. Mind. So say there's like a drum feel, and you you know it, it starts on the you know high tom, goes finishes on the low tom. Yep. Just you know doing that in reverse, yeah. uh, doing that on different things. You said it perfectly there as well. Um, don't just practice for the sake of practicing. Hmm. Um, there's a, a drummer named Darren Frugia. Uh, he's a good friend of mine and a good uh, ambassador for, for what we do here at ETI. And he said it in the clinic once, it's not perfect, it's not practice makes perfect, it's perfect practice makes perfect. No, yeah. There's no point just doing stuff for the sake of doing stuff. And that's one of the things that I talk about with my students and I always talked about it quickly. There's that word practice and homework. You give a kid a, a, something to go home and practice and he's just, you, all right, Johnny, you go home and you practice paradiddles for half an hour. He's gonna watch the clock and he's gonna do something <laughs> for half an hour. So true. Well, th- there's a perfect anecdote of this that Tim Ferriss talks about. He yep. said before, like he didn't know how to re- how to read, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason that he was never involved, uh, like never learned to read or never learned the alphabet, sorry, yep. Yep. Uh, was because he didn't see the, the what the what the uh, end result of reading mm-hmm. uh, reading the alphabet was. Yep. Yep. And then his year one teacher or something said, "Hey Tim, if you learn how to read, you can." Re- uh, if you learn the alphabet, you can learn how to read a book. Mm. And then it's like, why didn't anybody tell me this to this point? Totally. You know, yeah. same with so Tim, Tim Ferriss has got a, a book called uh, A Four Hour Work Week, and uh, it's high, mega, mega selling book. Millions are sold. Mm. Millions of books have been sold. And and uh, I think it's about that that book in particular is not about four hour work week, although he yeah. proves it to be a thing that you can do. But it's about systemising the stuff that doesn't need to be done by a human, systemizing it by a computer, where there might be some errors. If a human does it, if a computer does it, it's, so automation is the key. And, mm. uh, and, and taking a bit of that um, in, in applying it to, to how I run my organization and my business, and me as a, personally as a teacher, automating it and having enrolled enrollment forms that aren't a piece of paper with a pen. Yeah. Because then what happens to that? It's got to be entered in. Yeah, anyway, so that. just remove that middle get that, step. Get that step. So you have it go into a form, and then that, and the data's in a spreadsheet, so you can kind of just take that info and put it in there. Mm-hmm. But then again, why are you taking it and putting it? Why doesn't the info go directly in? Mm-hmm. So it's just stepping, getting rid of those those things. And I've, I've spent a good portion of my, I guess the last couple of years, being a click counter, counting how many times something gets clicked on before the end result. Like mm-hmm. how many movements, a time and motion study. If something mm-hmm. goes in here, how many things have to happen before it is where it needs to be? Yeah. Get rid of all those in between as much as you possibly can and refine it. Ergonomics, <laughs> digital ergonomics. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I, 
Um, so when you get to a point and you're teaching 70 students a week and you also run an organisation that has another 20 educators who teach in between 20 to 70 students a week, you need to start systemising things really quick or you cannot keep up. Mm-hmm. And I was forced to do that because all of a sudden we had all these teachers and everyone was learning stuff and there was guitar lessons being cancelled and new students coming in. Just keeping tabs of that, I was working, still working like 30 hours a week teaching one-on-one but I didn't have a whole heap of time outside of that to manage my own business, let alone all these other little businesses. So within a matter of weeks, I'm like, all right, school holidays, I've got two weeks. Let's strip that down, rebuild this. You know, eBay was built in 30 days. eBay was built in 30 days. So Mm -hmm. some guy at uni went, ah, I want to start some kind of auction site, locked himself in a room over summer and come out the other end with eBay. Mm -hmm. So it took me two weeks, I don't have an eBay, but it took me two weeks (laughs) to, to strip out all the crap and and there was a little bit of pain associated with it, particularly for some of the students, because we had to re-enrol them all to go into the new system. But now they're able to cancel lessons and everyone that's done via an app, everyone's able to, to keep track of what's happening. And I can open up my computer on my phone at any time and I can see exactly what's going on in the world of, of ETI music. Yeah. Uh, up until that day, those two weeks, it would have been, I've got to find some reports, I've got to get the paper, I've got to counter, I've got to tally it up and mm-hmm. I would spend hours trying to figure out who's getting how much money because I was getting paid by the student and then I was paying the educator and keeping the difference, keeping my, I guess, commission or keeping the, the, the brokerage mm-hmm. fee, which was like a couple of bucks a lesson. Mm-hmm. The teachers were happy, they're, they're, I'm doing all the work for them. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're still getting like $33 a lesson. Yeah. And I'm scheduling, I'm invoicing, and I'm chasing, and I'm cancelling, and I'm read. I'm, I'm, I'm talking 700 lessons a week. Uh, no, nah, I can't do it. I <laughs> stop it all completely or fix it. And I couldn't stop it. You know, I, I love working with the families and the. Yeah, and it provides so much value to the students. Absolutely. So they just have to fix it, not not ruin it, and not delete it, just mm. fix it. And and I know some guys here in Adelaide that are, that are teaching. And I went and saw one of them a couple of weeks ago, and he's got this pile of enrolment forms. Because um, he's changed something, and you have to get, you have to actually. Well, he decided to start enrolling people. Up until that process, it was like, you want a lesson? Cool, no worries, come on in. You pay him cash, he pays me the difference. It's all well and good. Mm-hmm. We don't know where you live, we don't know your phone number, we don't know your email address, we can't contact you. If we can't give the lesson, we can't contact you. So you have 30 people rocking up for a lesson one evening, we can't contact you to say there's no lesson because it was all very up in the air. So then he decided, all right, I'm going to start enrolling these people so I've got, conf- got uh, a way to communicate and have conversations with them. It was a stack of paper. And that paper had to get put into. Yeah. And the people that are writing these things out on pen, uh, on you know, ratty bits of paper, you can't read it. And it's wrong data. causes more problems. You're sending messages to people that shouldn't be getting messages. And yeah. Yeah. So you know, the thought was there, but the, the process wasn't there. And he's... You know, had someone we talked about earlier, someone that's really creative, a great teacher, mm-hmm. but the business side's not quite there. That's it, you know, and I, well, the whole business side to me, I'm learning all that, you know, but the, the key to the business side is just going out there and finding the resources, because there are resources out there, right. and just teaching yourself, like, you're never, you're never not a student, you're always learning, you're always learning. If you know? you're a teacher, you need to be learning more than you're teaching. <laughs> Pretty much. Even I if it's not that. just the instrument. Mm-hmm. Because maybe one day they might want to be a teacher like you. You're the biggest role model they've probably got. Exactly, yeah. And if you're, if you're not scheduling them, if you're rocking up, you know, and your time's are running over and you're just teaching them to be a little bit careless with their, with their time. And, exactly right. You know, drummers are rocking up late. 
And you know, half the time in a music lesson, it might be 70% music, 30% life lessons. You know, because you, especially with young young people, you're such a you know. The subconscious of learning is so massive in in music, and like we had our ETI um, access um, live event a few weeks ago, and Dr. George um, is one of our associates, and he was talking about the the cognitive bias that happens and the learning that happens between. 10 year old and 18 year old people, kids, adults, young adults, the, the learning that happens is so far beyond the end of that lesson. Mm. It's not just a half hour, they stop, they go home and they continue on with life. You're building up all these little things in your brain that are gonna help you for the rest of your life. You're learning how to learn. Yeah. It's right, so, so crucial. And Yeah, definitely. Um, and getting that information across is not just what happens on the half hour lesson. It's the things that they see on Facebook, and if you if you have a student and you add them on Facebook because it's a really cool way to communicate, although there are some legalities around that now and they're getting stamped down, um, you know, for obvious reasons. Mm. But the, the, the good thing with that though, I think, is that you know there's all this kind of red tape from you know people are like, oh, you can't do that. Mm. Thing is, everything that's online is there forever, totally. and there's proof. So if totally. anything is to go astray, totally, you are, yeah, there's no you're hiding from that's the, my you know, argument too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, people just have ideas, and yeah. the government don't actually follow through with anything properly. They don't investigate. They just go idea, squash it. <laughs> but having a Facebook community is is a really important thing. And if you do something on Facebook, you know that your students are going to see it. You might not think that they care. They might not think that they care, but they subconsciously see you at a party. They subconsciously see you doing weird stuff, doing stupid things that they might think is okay. If they learn it from yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. Like, yeah, you might just go, it's okay. And I was fortunate enough to have a really good drum teacher and he was very, um, uh, not, not a nerd, you know, but he was someone that I thought, he's a, he's a role model, he's a stand-up citizen. Mm. I've had other drum teachers and I know of other students that have had other drum teachers or other music teachers that, you know, in between lessons, they'd go and have a smoke. In between every half hour, 10 lessons a night, they haven't seen a smoke a night. And they would have one on the way up and they'd come down and swap and they'd quickly go up, mate, I'll be be with you in a minute. (laughs) They're not up and they stink and they're smoking and they're drinking Coca-Cola and Red Bull and all these horrible things. And when you're teaching a, a 15 year old kid, they're very impressionable. Very, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, where did you learn? What was your background? My like? background. So, the I... The business side of it, not the business side. Yeah, well, the business side is all self-taught anyway. Yeah. So, you know, um, although there was... Uh, it's not self-taught, man, because you're, you're reading books. That's self-taught. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah these guys have learned yeah. it. You know, self-taught yeah. is putting you in a room and going, all right, you're going to wake <laughs> up to the wide world and try my own business. We learn from other people's business. Exactly, exactly. Well, yeah, high school I started playing bass at about fourteen, about year nine, mm-hmm. um, because my friends was had a band and of course they needed yeah. a bass player. Yeah, we're always in trouble. Did you have any instrument at all before that? Nothing yeah. before that. Okay. So nothing at all. Late starter, fourteen. Yeah, late starter. Okay. Exactly, exactly. Very late. Well, not very late, but yeah. late in terms of yeah. And I think that. For me, I think between the ages of maybe 13 to 16 is when you really find your passions and stuff stuff like that. You know, that's when if you are an artist, you're like, actually, I would like to do this probably for the rest of my life. And make this a thing. Mm, exactly. Be a bass player. 
Yeah, so I did that and went through high school, did uh, music obviously all the way through high school. Um, this, this, this would be a good uh, point actually. So after high school I was like, well I definitely want to do music and um, tossing up between you know classical and jazz. Obviously jazz was the, uh, the field to go into playing electric bass um, and I was playing in jazz bands at, at high school so that was the obvious choice for me. You were a teacher at school? Yeah, so cool. you had a bass teacher at school. Yeah, I did. I did. I had a bass teacher called Matt Duncan. I don't think he teaches anymore, but um, okay. he was a good teacher. Very, yeah, very good teacher. And um, he just, he just came to your school. Yeah, okay. so this was that. So there was no other outside. No, no outside workshops. Yeah, yeah, just just that. I mean, I did go to I think a Victor Wooten clinic and stuff here yeah, and there. Cool. And, you know, of course. Yeah. Um. So the 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 bit that was really hard for me actually was so I went through um high school. And I wanted to go to study jazz, so I went to the audition, way underprepared. I didn't know I was underprepared because I've been playing in jazz bands and stuff like this. Right. And when I got back my letter, you know, at the end, and yeah, and well, oh, no. not not necessarily a rejection letter. So I had my top priority was you know bachelor of, of yeah. jazz, mm-hmm. and then my you know my bottom was diploma. You know, like a, a taste belt. I was like, no, I got to get into this. So I got my letter back, and I actually cried. I was like, I didn't get into like the one that I wanted to do. And obviously, I was like, no, I'm not giving up on this. Yeah, right. So I went into the diploma, but yeah. I mean, you know, that was That's a cool. big, big challenge for me. I was just like, like, oh my god, like it's like something that's just been pulled out from underneath you. Know, but you went in. Um, you'd be playing in a few bands, did you say, a few jazz bands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought I was prepared, but, you know, the, the standards are very high um, yeah. when you're a small fish in a big pond, you know, whereas at high school, yeah. it was, you know, I felt like I was quite good at what I was doing, so uh, that was a big kind of wake-up call. And that was here in Adelaide? Yeah, I was here in Adelaide, so I'm glad that that kind of happened. So when you say big pond? not that big as Adelaide. Well, no, it is, though, it is, you know, like... Um, yeah. Compared to the Berkeley... Well, Berkeley yeah, College, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But, you know, totally, it's, it's definitely important to know that when you when you are going in for... I've never never studied music. I've studied musicians, mm-hmm. and I've studied bands, and I've studied performances, and I've studied instruments, but not in the sense of, you do very well, try again next time. And it's such a weird environment, you know. It's there's bits that I love about it and bits that I really hate about it. And you yeah. talked about one of those in your podcast. Right? Exactly, I did talk about uh, going to uni and, and studying music. So yeah, but obviously I did my diploma, then I reapplied, and mm-hmm. all, all good. Um, but yeah, and then I had a really really good bass teacher at uni. Uh, yeah, at uni mm-hmm. called Peter Dowdle. And he's just a really good. He got me into people like Seth Godin, actually. Um, he's very business minded, and um, yeah, there you go. it's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's and if you were this, your bass teacher, did you say from uni? What was that? Peter Dowdle. Yeah. Peter Dowdle. So yeah. if you're watching, you know, we'll share this with you. Peter Dowdle, look what you've done, mate. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, did you do this on purpose? <laughs> of course. <laughs> is this the only person that you've shared the Tim Ferriss kinds of books with, or is it? Yeah, Seth Godin. Yeah. Seth Godin. Sorry, or is it? Is it, is it just this guy who had the, was he the gifted one? Well, I think, I think... The chosen one. Well... He's far too strong with this one. <laughs> Don't read a book about business. That's it. I think all the advice that you give to people in any context, it's because you know that they'll take that advice on board. You're not going to tell, you know, someone about something that you know they're not even interested in, you know. There's no point. It's just kind of falling on, on deaf ears, right? But, but you don't know what you don't know, though, and that's, that's the argument. That's you true. don't know what you don't. He doesn't know that you are or aren't interested in. You just got to feed it out. They put it out there. Yeah. And you're burning up the water, and if mm. fish comes along and gets it. Yeah. I mean, the yeah the counter to that is like you're not going to go and say 
check out this book, you're going to have to build up the context and actually see what the, uh, the student is like and yeah. So yeah, and there's the same deal with, um, uh, I guess, personal trainers. They're two bob a dozen these days and two bob a dozen, I don't think, don't think I've ever used that. <laughs> <laughs> two dollars a dozen. Um, there's so many of those around and, and I've seen a few and they're not very fit. <laughs> I've seen a couple to smoke. I'm like, what is uh, going on here? Yeah. But they've done the course. That's it. And they've, you know, self-guided through learning how to be a personal trainer or not even having a certificate to be a person. I don't have a certificate to be a drummer. No. I don't have a certificate to be a drum teacher. But I have a diploma and all these other different things and like leadership and management and um, psychometric studies and personality styles and um, I'm doing one next month. Uh, it's uh, the NLP program, so that's like crazy stuff. You know? Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing, you're always a student. Always a student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what's next for you, man? What's The next the next? thing? Well, I'm, I'm working on a, a course that I want to take to high school, so talking about uh, networking and marketing specifically, because they're the, kind of the two pillars that I think should be, like there's the three pillars of, of the music industry. There's the, the music side, then yeah. there's the marketing, then there's the networking, yeah. Yeah. In, a, in a sense. So yeah. I'm working on, on that and I'm also working Taking on... Taking that to a high school? Yeah, to a high school setting and possibly other settings. Um, you know, if you see this and you think, oh, that's something that we'd like at our, at our place, then yeah. by all means, go yeah. and uh, contact yeah. me. That's it. And um, I'm also working on an online course that... Uh, you know, it's in its really early stages, so maybe I don't know. It it might not even reach fruition, but I hope hopefully it does. Um, and that's to do with like social media marketing for musicians because I see social media as uh, it's it's all free and well, relatively speaking, free and busy, free and busy. But you know, there's a lot of noise. But when you have directed, you know, directed intention and stuff within that noise, you you can reach your target audience, and you might have to pay. Yeah, right frequency. It's the same mm. as anything, you know. And you might spend a little bit of money, but like you can make that money back on you know on a gig or whatever. You've got to be clever with it. You got to exactly. you got to just your cup is always going to be emptying out. Exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> so your cup is always going to be emptying. Your your ability to to learn needs to fill that cup and learning from different environments and Abraham Lincoln says it so well you learn as much from the wrong people as you do the right people so if you're around an environment and something's not right that is a lesson you're learning from that if you're around an environment where things are going extremely well uh, there's, there's two things that I like to talk about uh, and something that I talk about a bit right now to my students it's just something new that I've learned and, and put into practice I've always done it but until it was sort of taught to me in a, in a, a podcasting kind of sense or a video blog from a, uh, one of our mentors, you become the average of the five people you hang around. And uh, young kids hang around their schoolmates and their parents and their parents' mates. I've, I've got a couple of my parents' friends who are squillionaires and we catch up. Mm, there you go. You know, and they just, they're local Adelaide people and they just had the right business sense when they were young, when I was younger. I looked at these guys and I'm going, man, they're always traveling they're all around the world. What are they doing? And they're still doing that. They're in their 70s. And, you know, when I was a pup and they were 40, they've retired completely from work and they just ran a few little small businesses and were very clever at that. And they were successful in the way they communicated. And uh, so, Keeping keeping them, you know, close. 
Mm. So I can just ask them questions and they're happy to mentor me. And we, we pay for mentors and I think um, it's really important that as a musician or as a person, there's a, there's a mentor, there's someone out there that can help you. And what they, what they do is they simply ask questions. But they ask the right questions. Mm. Um, so you know Robert Kiyosaki, Cashflow Quadrant, and you know those kinds of books. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. No, I haven't. Yeah. Right. So Robert, Robert Kiyosaki is um, he's just done this massive tour with Donald Trump before Donald Trump went off in his okay. political tangent. <laughs> so yeah, Robert Kiyosaki, he started, he, invel- he invented um, the one of the very first Velcro wallets. He's a wine guy, okay. and zippers were going rusty, uh. so he invented this Velcro wallet and had his idea and was selling it. Someone stole his idea, he went bankrupt and slept in his car for, for about a year or so. Him and his wife and his kid, they just were homeless. He is now one of the richest, most wealthiest people on the planet because he's, he's been kicked in the teeth and he's figured out a way to fix it. And he talks about good debt versus bad debt and um, he's, he's a very clever, savvy, finance business person. He gets investors from all over the world, he comes up with an idea, he's got a great team, he gets as much, he's never not, lately, you know, I'd say 10 years or more, 20 years from back to now, he's never been knocked back uh, an investment. Hmm. You go to anyone and say, here, I've got an idea, doesn't even care what the idea is, because he knows that he's only going to do it if it's going to make money for him. Yeah, and then based on previous experience. Yeah, so he's he's got a company called uh, Rich Dad, Um, that's his brand, and we're coached by that system. And it's been 12, 18 months of uh, every week we'd have a conversation with the same coach and we would learn so many cool, valuable skills mm. and it's helped us get in a really good position. Um, and that was the most that we've ever spent on a business coach. It was only the life of a year and a half and it's not progressing any further. We've done what we need to do. Mm-hmm. But I've also got two or three other coaches in different areas of business. So the five people now aren't just people that you associate with naturally. They're the people, some of these five people that I pay to be around, yeah. pay to learn from. And I, hopefully I'll become an average of that. Mm. Right? And I'm giving my, I'm giving everything I've got to make those five people billionaires or successful. Money is not even a factor here. It's about lifestyle because it just gives you options, right? The mm. um, conversation I had with someone the other day was, um, I like traveling, but I only like traveling first class. I can't afford a ticket right now, so I'm not going to travel till I get first class, till I'm able to buy first class. Well, why don't you... She runs a little business on the side. She makes a lot of money from this business, but she also works another job. If she gave up that other job and made this thing, she would be able to afford it. But her argument is, I'm pretty happy. It's not safe, of course. I'm pretty happy. She's a marketing expert, man. She's worked around the world as some of these biggest... But she doesn't have enough... Uh, she doesn't put down on herself. She doesn't uh, invest in herself, but she knows that she can do this. So she's happy to go with the safe, but she's giving up travel because she's not willing to do that. And she said, oh, I'm pretty happy with a, just a simple car and a two-bedroom house, and, you know, I don't need the fancy things in life. Um, Some people might. You yeah. might be able to help the people who can't. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. Don't, don't make a million dollars if it's just for yourself. Yeah. Make a million dollars and give half of it away. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm happy to do that. Mm. Uh, so the other coach that we've got, and you've probably seen him, and he's had a lot of um, um, parodies made of him. And he's he's the guy that goes, "Here I am in my garage with my new Lamborghini here," and he's just in this 
epoxy carport with his Lamborghini and his Ferrari and he talks about what he likes more of he likes more of the materialistic things of his knowledge and that's Ty Lopez Ty Lopez has come from the ground up he's built himself into this amazing business um, I'd say tycoon but he doesn't see himself like that he's just someone that's made a really big name for himself in learning from the basics learning from the ground up he spent you know he, he he knew he was on rock bottom when he was sleeping on his mate's lounge with like $47 in his pocket. Before then, he was doing okay. He's travelled the world, he lived in the Amish community for a couple of years, and he's got some real amazing um, people that hang out around him. And so he's one of the people that I like to learn from, and I've had conversations with this guy just to, just to help me understand what my direction is, because he had to figure his out, and he knows what his is now. Mm-hmm. So having that mentorship, and I think that's what Crafty Muso that's what your website is totally about mm-hmm. is your it's a mentoring site it's information from people like Adam Page and, and people that have input into this so your mentor isn't just a person yeah. it's a pool of people exactly. that have been through and are going to the same place are at the same place that you're heading to that you want to yeah, travel towards it exactly. and if some of these people are, are not at the level that you're at a higher level then it'd be interesting to see how they, how you've got there compared to how they're getting there. Mm. And if you're at a higher level, come and talk to me and, you know, Absolutely. I want to share what you know with everyone. Yeah, man, it's even, and once again, it's the, the, the average of five. And the other thing is the, the 33% rule, Tyler Lopez talks about this in his TED talk. Uh, you, you have, you spend 33% of your time with 33% of people that are like, that are like you. Mm-hmm. So your direct, Someone that you would, someone that you say is like yourself, similar income, similar hobbies, similar you know, lifestyle, age, age, yeah. personality, um, you know, two incomes, um, no kids, or whatever your situation. Someone that's like you. So spend thirty three percent of your time with those people. Spend thirty three percent of your time with people that are not like you. They're lower, not to be degrading. But someone who doesn't think like you, someone that you can benefit from, someone that doesn't have the morals, their morals switched on like you might have. So that's spend thirty three percent of your time with those people. Spend thirty three percent of your time with people that are more excelled than you. So if you divide that up, once again, you become the average. All right. So you are currently the average of those thirty three point three 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 percent of people. Is one hundred percent of your time. Yeah. You're spending time with people anyway. So. Read a read a better book. Read stuff. Actually, don't read. Reading books is crap and pointless. <laughs> Unless you like flicking pages. I read books. It takes me about an hour to read a book start to finish while I'm on my bike. Yeah. It's hard to pedal rock. <laughs> put headphones in. Yeah, and audio books are the thing now. And your yeah. podcasts are, are, are remnants of that because mm-hmm. a podcast is someone's knowledge spoken to you you just have to listen and go about your day yeah you can do anything uh, I was a little bit late coming to the meeting so I've let him in he was sitting out in our office out here and he had his headphones on listening to podcasts yeah you know and that's a good downtime killer is knowledge Mm. at any point where you're in traffic listen you can't pick up a fucking read listen to books man and and you can go through any um, like Audible is a good platform Uh, you put in a a a, um, uh, what's the word a keyword and it'll bring, give you everything that relates to that mm-hmm. the good thing about audio books as well you can speed the playback up yeah so what, what actually take four hours to read a book or to sit and listen to a book mm-hmm. 
you can have that sped up. You don't lose, it's like if you're a musician, you know you can speed up and not lose the key, right? So it's in the same tone. So it's not like a chipmunk reading it. Yeah, yeah. But it's just faster. Mm-hmm. Your brain actually absorbs, absorbs more information because your brain works really quickly. If you're reading a book and if you're a slow reader, by the time you've got through the book, you can't comprehend what's going on. You've not read it. But if it's communicated to you in a faster dialect, dialogue, you can retain it and it mm-hmm. becomes something. And if you take an hour to read or listen to a book that would normally take two days to read, it's only taking you an hour. Yeah. You might read it again four or five times or listen to it again four or five times. Yeah, which one's faster. <laughs> look, for that, look for that golden nugget yeah. in, in that book. And every book has got one thing that you might be able to take from that. Definitely, yeah. So that's where podcasts are really cool. And, and these videos that, that are on this series of, of interviews with some of these people that you might have looked at already, um, they are going to be available sooner than later, but just as a podcast. Some of them might work because we do uh, go to image go to you know visualizations on mm-hmm. on the, the video so video is definitely going to take over a lot in terms of yeah uh things but then again you can't watch a video while you're working out at the gym or right right so, yeah it's like always going to have this thing called the 67 steps program it's very affordable and it takes 67 days to actually change your um your habits yeah the, the, they say it's seven days and some people say it's three months and whatever but 67 days is what he's called his program and it's got 67 videos that you have one every day. Some of them go for 20 minutes, some of them go for two hours. Mm. I'm not going to sit and watch. I'm too busy to watch the thing. Sorry, I'm not busy. I'd rather do something different than sit and watch a video for two hours. So I put it in. Mm-hmm. I can watch it as many times as I like or listen to it as many times That's as I like. It. Yeah. And it's no getting that knowledge in. Well done for getting this far. You know? <laughs> exactly. If you're at this point, <laughs> we're doing all right. All right. Uh, so if you've got this far, you're not you're not a sucker for knowledge. You're someone who wants to learn stuff. And, and hopefully you've got this video playing at one point one point five times the speed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, for getting this far, you win a gold watch. Um, <laughs> you got the watch, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. If you want the gold watch, yeah, to send both of us an email. Yeah. Please send me the gold watch and we'll send you we'll a gold send watch. We'll send you a gold watch. All right. That's why not, hey? Guaranteed. Very cool. So, uh, we talked about... Terms and conditions apply. Terms and conditions Gold watch. But, yeah, it'll be gold. You'll get a watch and it'll be gold. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, next for you, you're, you're creating this thing and you want to you wanna take over the world and help. It's not, a, it's not just an Adelaide thing, right? It's a global thing. Yeah, it's a global thing. So my whole thing is I was looking into ways to make uh, kind of passive income. And I'm not making that set from the site yet. Yeah. But that's, that's besides the point. But I want a job that I can have and travel around the world with. Mm-hmm. And what I've actually done recently is I've studied uh, TESOL, so teaching English to, uh, to speakers of other languages. Okay. And what I actually want to do is have this as kind of a you know revenue generation. Mm-hmm. But I actually want to start like language schools and affordable, cheap language schools, or, or you know, um, completely paid for by you know, uh, uh, fundraising. Subsidised. Yeah, yeah, or well, subsidised. Yeah. Because they're just like, um, I'm moving to Vietnam next year to, to do it because oh. I travelled there in July and I, I kind of saw this need for cheaper education, you know, um, to get these families that are you know in the middle class of, of Vietnam yeah. into you know. Creating things that, that they could, you know, re- reaching their potential to kind of work on these ideas and, you know, like 
knowing English is a great start to like learning because yeah, the world the world is actually English. Yeah, purely because exactly all these books you read them, they're in English. You listen to them, they're you know they're speaking English. So if they had access to this information that we all have access to, mm-hmm. they can do the same things. Yeah. Um, so that's my kind of take on it. Very cool. Um, so I want to do that and you know travel to initially Vietnam, but then event uh, you know maybe Cambodia, Laos, um, Thailand, and and just yeah exactly because it's something that is. I'm very passionate about and obviously doing music while I'm there as well and I'm really passionate about music so that's why the side play is going to be there and I'm going to be, you know, uh, buying cheap basses and just playing gigs where I can and, you know, it's very cool. Yeah, that's that's the uh, kind of, the, the long term. Well, so, you know, like I said, 23 years old, has got, he's got goals for the next year and beyond already and, you know, I, I can tell you there's probably 30 year olds that I hang around that are in this, you know, 33% that don't have any of that. They don't have a BHAG. You know a BHAG? And the big... <laughs> God, kids don't know anything. <laughs> big, hairy, audacious goal. Right? Oh, so your yeah. BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal, the ultimate thing. Like, this, this kid. Or goals. The yeah. goals, man. So, BHAGs. So Andy. <laughs> the Z. <laughs> so Andy's got the goals. He, he, he knows what he wants. and you know. That's half the, that's half the thing, you know. Yeah. If you... I was listening to a podcast the other day and they said, you know, what advice would you give to someone that was just finishing high school going to college for their summer break? What would you tell them to do? And he said, uh, I can't remember who, who it was, unfortunately, but he said, I would tell them to just go away and find out what they're really passionate about and how they can make that work for them. You know, yeah, that, That's true, absolutely. Some people go and manufacture a dream, though. They, Robbie Williams said that in his music, uh, Manufactured Miracles, and he was referring to X-Factor Boy to Idol, you know, in that clip, I can't remember. I don't know why that's come up right now, but yeah. Um, but yeah, go and just do whatever you love to do. Um, I, I speak at some schools, and, and if you don't know what you love to do, find out what you actually do love doing. You know, exactly. The, 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 sorry, just to interrupt. Yeah. The, the age-old one uh, of you know, if money wasn't an option, what would you do? What would you enjoy doing? Mm. You know, spending your time on. Because obviously, you're going to get too bored by not doing anything, mm. uh, and that's why a lot of people retire and they. Yeah. Uh, and go back into the things because I don't know what to do with the time. You know, there's a there's a TED talk. I can't remember the name of the, the kid that's doing it. It's like a 13 year old kid. It's called Life Hacks. And if you don't know what TED is, Technology <laughs> Engineering Design Education. Sorry, Technology Engineering and Design is the, the acronym for TED. Or TED's the acronym for that. It's millions and millions of views, millions and millions of videos on any topic you could possibly imagine. And the uh, this kid on there, he talks about hacking his life. A life hack. He just likes to surf. Why would I? I just want to be a surfer. And it kind of made sense to me when I was speaking to a, a group of kids at a school here, uh, a pretty posh school here in Adelaide. Uh, I was employed to go in as a consultant just to spark some interest in to the the year eleven and twelve kids. They're about to leave school and go into the big wide world of business or job or hum- or adulthood. Mm-hmm. With all the, the adultisms that come around, you know, responsibilities and all that sort of rubbish. I'm just not sure what responsibilities are right now. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that I, I, I tend to do, and it's, it's a good, if you can do this, if you have the opportunity to speak to a group of kids, ask them what they're, what they're going to do when they leave school. And most of them will tell you that they have got something ready. They know that they're going to be a mechanic or a plumber or an architect or something a little bit elaborate, like a, I don't know an AFL star or something like that. So some people have that. They know what they're going to do and they've already got the apprenticeship papers and the dad or their mum's a mechanic and they're going to follow that, follow that suit. 
I then ask them again what they like to do now. What is their most favourite thing in their world to do right now? And I can guarantee you, I'll tell you now, it's not what they want to do in the future. Well, not for, yeah, for the vast majority it wouldn't be. Yeah, they're like, oh, well, you know, I, I like skateboarding and playing Xbox. But you said a minute ago that you're going to be a freaking plumber. Mm. What the hell has that got to do with anything? Well, yeah. oh, my dad's a plumber and I have to be a plumber. I'm like, well, you know, you can make computer games and play computer games your whole life. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 that. <laughs> well, what about riding skateboards for a living? Uh, is that possible? If you want to, of course it's possible. Yeah. Absolutely it's possible. Tell me Tony Hawk hasn't made any money and tell me there's other pro skaters who haven't dedicated their life to the craft of skateboarding who don't live on just skateboarding. Exactly. They live on endorsements. They live on all sorts of other cool things. They live on teaching. They, they teach kids how to skateboard. They go into other schools. There's like a whole skateboarding clan in America who, who go to schools. They've set up a business as um, they're, they're influential skateboarders. So they, they come into the school and they set up ramps and they do this massive thing. But that's only one small part of it. They'll hang out with the kids and they'll be like, man, you can do whatever you want to do. You can make a living out of anything you want to do. Mm. So you know, when, you, when you're speaking to kids, it's important to know that don't crush their dreams by saying, oh, that's all in good, mate, well done, they'll wear off. You know. Exactly. If you're a parent watching this, instead of saying, oh, you know, look at some other option, think to yourself and maybe get someone to, con you know, in that field to consult with them and say, look, this is what they want to do. How can we make it work? And I bet you that person will be like, you can do this, 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 and this. I do this, this generates twenty thousand dollars a year. I do this, yeah. that's it. You know, you just got to yeah. kind of think out about this. Yeah, my my parents being baby boomers and almost, you know, I'm thirty five and. My parents are like 60 or 70 years old, wherever they are, still alive and kicking and very safe and secure in their house in Salisbury. You know, my dad's run a few businesses and they've had a few houses and they're, they're safe and secure. They can live a beautiful, magical life right now, but they don't want to have to pay anyone back. They own everything. They're, they're happy. Mm. And the, the fact of the matter is, some of these kids are following that, that, that trend and the trend is, those guys were brought up to be uh, in, the, in the work in the industrial age. Sorry, the kids are taught to work in the industrial age through the stupid, crappy, fucked up education system we have right now. And the the curriculum hasn't changed much in 50 years. You ask a kid how a computer works, they won't be able to tell you. Go back to when, when I was at school um, in uh, year maybe, I don't know, year five or something, computers were all new. We had these great big proxy Commodore 64s and we were learning how to code that you, you wouldn't get it. They had this little uh, mouse or a turtle thing that you had to put in these coordinates and draw pictures and you had to think in advance. So you had to get it there and work out how to do this. And that was coding, that was problem solving. And you'd do this thing and you realize that you took a wrong turn and you start again. You have to remember that that was, you're just putting all this stuff in advance and you hit go and it builds this massive big picture. Mm -hmm. It's like building, it's like Minecraft is right now, but you're doing it all from the very start, you push go and then it builds it. The Minecraft, it builds it as you go. So yeah. I think there's still some good credible learning skills in Minecraft. Definitely, yeah. Um, you know, Redstone and all that you, kind you of, you build, know. You get my, my brother brought a, a, built a tic-tac-toe game actually, Northern yeah. Crosses, yeah. On, on Minecraft, and it took him like two weeks. Yeah. But, yeah, there you go. Yeah, man. And... One of the schools that I spoke at, the, the teacher was over in the right-hand side, some teacher marking some books at a table. And, you know, I, I don't remember his name. I didn't hold him very valuable, actually, after his comments. One of the girls that were at this table, she said, 
um, I don't know what I want to do. I have no idea. I'm like, well, surely there's something. What do you do when you go home from school? Well, I don't do anything. What? Come on, there's got to be something. I don't do anything. I, I don't have any friends. I don't have a hobby. I just... All right, so let's get a bit specific now. What do you do? Do you go and do you put your bag on the hook or do you throw on the floor? Because that helps me understand what kind of person they are. If you're like, I just throw on the floor. It's creative, not, not systemized, right? And then what? She's very funny as well. Uh, she said, well, I'll go to the fridge because I'm a teenager. There's nothing in the fridge, so I go to the lounge and watch a movie. Ah, oh, cool, what movies do you watch? Uh, she, then she started to open up. She said, well, I, I just watched Iron Man 3. I'm like, that's awesome because I'm a massive Iron Man fan. What do you think of Iron Man 3 compared to 2? Do you think it followed on well? She went straight into talking about Iron Man 3 so passionately. Boom. Yeah, film credit. Boom. <laughs> exactly. And uh, that's it. That's your thing. She goes, well, I don't like, I don't like writing. Okay, well, lucky for you, this person over here that I just spoke to, they want to be a journalist. That's what they like to do now. They want to be a journalist, like writing stories in the paper, not a film journal, but, I mean, not, not, a, not a TV presenter journal, but like a, a, an article columnist. That's what they want to do. So you've just created this the content for them to do it. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to get all this on the website and get people to find you yeah. and traffic, advertise, and then the money comes. You've got to make your videos really exciting. So I don't know how to do any of that. This guy over here, he's already built websites. <laughs> he's in year 11. He's building websites now. Oh, yeah. So you three get together, you become something like Apple created. Apple started with three guys and an idea. Yeah. Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, who I've met, and the other guy that sold his shares for like 400 bucks. The company's now worth 400, uh, sorry, yeah, 400 billion dollars because of three people with separate ideas and separate skill sets. The synergy of that is amazing. I've explained this to her, all the kids are going, yeah, yeah, that's so cool, and I'm proving the fact that it can be done. Bugger-like's over here, the teacher goes, mate, as if that's gonna work. <laughs> Man, I'm like, sorry? Sorry, what was your name again? Oh, I don't remember. And so what do you do here? Well, I'm a teacher. Do you like teaching? No. Bloody hate teaching. <laughs> Why do you? Exactly. I'm like, dude, you need to go home. I can't. I've got to mark these books. Why are you a teacher? My mum and dad was a teacher. So these kids here, they've got a passion and idea. You've just helped them answer that question and killed them at the same time because some of these guys are going to just follow mum and dad's footsteps. You've done the same. You don't seem very happy to me, mate. What do you want to do? What did you want to do when you were younger? What were your hobbies? He said, I wanted to be an astronomer. I like, you know, I've got a telescope now and I like looking at the stars. But why didn't you do that when you were younger? Mum mm. and dad wouldn't, didn't buy the equipment for me because they didn't think that there's a future in it. I'm like, dude, you just need to go home. Even then now, like, why don't you just, you know, quit your job and go and do that? You know, he's in write the, a blog on astronomy. Like. He's, he's in the wind-up days, man. He's just waiting for his, his gold watch. Yeah. He's waiting for the package. He's, you know, he's a, one of these teachers that's mm. been teaching for 30 years. He's at the end of his days. You know, if he sits around for a while, he's probably on 100K a year. Mm. So... Well, just, just getting back to the, um, you know, starting a, a, a business with three, you know, yeah. people in school. The thing that I don't like uh, want to push is you can start right now. You're 16 years old. You can build a website and start reviewing movies. You can do it. You build a YouTube channel. And you might generate like so much traffic that advertisers start getting to you and they're like, what, you know, how much do we have to pay you to advertise our product for 10 seconds at the start of your video? And then you're like, boom, I'm making money. The sooner you get started, the sooner it will start for you. Exactly. Yeah. You won't get followers if you've got nothing for them to follow. And you see some of these iTunes, I mean, uh, YouTube guys that have got squillions of followers, they're making coin, man. They're oh, yeah. big bucks. Oh, yeah. Just a sitting, what's about this uh, six-year-old, seven-year-old kid? Uh, 
the, the parents the parents are very smart. The parents are like capitalising on this poor little kid. Every day they buy him a gift. They buy him a present. Oh, yeah. They wrap it up in a box and they film him opening it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they are getting sent shit from all over the world for him to open. Yeah. And his reaction is what they sell. Hmm. He's like, tell me about it, play with it for a while and then, then the next video he'll do a bit of a recap on the last video so then they go back and watch the mm-hmm. last video. So it's the dude's making millions of this kid or this family is making millions of dollars because it's got like 12 million views, 12 million subscribers exactly. on this freaking man. So it's possible and the age... Uh, just uh, looking through the footage and we're sorry to say we cut you off. Um, ran out of film and the other camera stopped recording uh, four minutes later. So we ran out of film. Is that what happens these uh, days? No, you can't really, can you? I think this one ran out of battery. Run out, so run out of something. So yeah. Just didn't want to leave it there, so we're not going to talk for another hour. We're just going to say there's going to be a part two. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much for, for watching the 53 minutes or whatever it was that we did have. Yeah. We spoke for another seven hours after that. Can you believe that? I know. Uh, it's like a whole thing. It's like the next morning now. The sun's about to come up. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so send us some questions. Um, if we get a, a bunch of questions, we can start talking about uh, things that you want to hear more about. So that'd be really cool to yep. have for the next one. Yeah. Very cool. Just cool. officialise the end now. Well done. <laughs> Thank you, mate, for chatting. And we'll see you at the next, uh, the next chat. Yeah. See you guys. Thank you for listening to this archive video podcast. This audio was taken from a previously recorded video interview. If you want to check out the video, simply head to PeteBarter.com. We hope you enjoyed Pete's podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share with anyone you think will get value. And if you haven't already, head to PeteBarter.com for more Pete Barter content. And remember, do something good for yourself and someone else today. Thanks for listening.